You're listening to the Elvis Ultimate Fan Channel Podcast, the channel that is devoted 100% to the life and career of the biggest selling recording artist of all time, with your host, Steve Francis. Hey everyone, welcome once again to Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Thanks for joining me. Just a quick reminder, you can join me live every Wednesday and Sunday when there'll be Elvis news, reviews, live fan chat. I also do a Elvis Fan of the Month quiz with prizes up for grabs, and I also do my Elvis Song of the Week. Now, this week's video, I'm going to list out some landmark occurrences in Elvis's life, and then I'm going to ask you to leave comments below about what you think was the biggest life-changing event in his life. So without further ado, let's dive in. Moving to Memphis. In 1948, Elvis's mother and father decided they'd had enough of Tupelo. During Elvis's youth, the family had suffered many hardships, very little money, very basic food, and Vernon Presley had even served a prison sentence due to a crime committed in an attempt to make ends meet. Despite their efforts, their situation never seemed to improve. Vernon had visited Memphis on occasion and convinced Gladys that better opportunities awaited them and their son there. Sun Studio Elvis walked into Sam Phillips's studio at 706 Union Avenue on Saturday, July the 18th, 1953, and paid $4 to record a two-sided acetate. Legend has it he recorded the two songs, My Happiness and That's When Your Heartaches Begin, for his mother's birthday. However, Gladys's birthday was in April, so it's unlikely that that was the true reason for Elvis visiting the studio that weekend. I feel it's more likely he was curious to know how he sounded on a recording. He'd been singing privately from an early age and even received a guitar as a birthday present when younger, even though he'd wanted a gun instead. Signing his contract with Tom Parker. So much has been written about the partnership between Elvis and Tom Parker over the years that it has become impossible to separate truth from fiction. What we do know as fact is that Tom Parker was not a colonel and he was an illegal immigrant from Breda in Holland who jumped ship in the US in 1929. Parker initially became aware of the young singer in 1955 and offered to handle some of his bookings alongside Elvis's then-manager, Bob Neal. It wasn't until March 26, 1956 that Elvis signed a contract that made Parker his exclusive representative. Army Draft at the height of his fame, Elvis was drafted into the U.S. Army on March 24, 1958. He said he was looking forward to his military stint, saying he didn't want to be treated any differently from anyone else. Privately, however, he confided in family and friends that he believed his singing career was over. The death of his mother. During his first months in the Army, his mother's health declined rapidly. She hadn't been in the best of health for a number of years, Elvis even mentioned this in one of his earliest interviews with the press. In August of 58, Gladys became so ill that she travelled from Texas, where Elvis was stationed at the time, to see her doctor in Memphis. She was diagnosed with acute hepatitis, and it was suggested that Elvis be granted emergency leave to be with her. She died on August 14, 1958. She was 46. Meeting Priscilla while serving in the U.S. Army in Germany, Elvis met 14-year-old Priscilla on Sunday, September 13, 1959, during a party at his home in Bad Nauheim. She was stepdaughter of U.S. Air Force officer Paul Beaulieu. 
Her biological father was US Navy pilot James Wagner, who had been killed in a plane crash when Priscilla was six months old. During those final six months of Elvis's army life, Elvis and Priscilla grew closer and closer, and when he left Germany in March 1960, he promised her he would keep in touch and they would see each other again. Over the next few years, they were in contact by transatlantic phone calls, and in 1963, Elvis finally persuaded her parents to allow Priscilla to join him in Memphis to finish her schooling, with a promise of marriage also. Movie Contracts One of Elvis's biggest ambitions was to be a great movie actor. He was interested in dramatic roles, and said at the beginning of his career he wasn't interested in singing in his movies. As we know now, that didn't happen, and he was required to sing in all but one of his movies. He revealed in a 1972 interview he did for inclusion in the documentary movie Elvis on Tour that he became disillusioned with Hollywood and the type of movies he was being asked to do, and he knew that he was being laughed at. It got to a stage where he became physically sick thinking about the type of movies he was being asked to do. He said, No amount of money in the world could have made me feel any self-satisfaction about the movies I was doing. Marriage By the fall of 1966, Priscilla had been living at Graceland for over three years and pressure was on Elvis to fulfil the promises he had made to her and her parents. Depending on which story you believe, he was either overjoyed about the marriage or he didn't want to go through with it. Opinions differ. Whatever the case, 32-year-old Elvis Presley married Priscilla Ann Beaulieu, who was just 23 days short of her 22nd birthday on May 1st, 1967. The ceremony took place at 10am in a small room at the Aladdin Hotel Las Vegas, Nevada. The birth of Lisa Marie. Exactly nine months after their wedding day, Priscilla gave birth to her and Elvis's only child. Lisa Marie arrived at 5.01pm, February 1st, 1968. There was no disguising his joy at the birth of his daughter, and he described himself as a happy pappy. Elvis doted on his daughter, and he showered her with gifts throughout his life. The 1968 NBC TV Special It's universally accepted that the TV special, sponsored by the Singer Sewing Machine Company, threw Elvis a career lifeline after spending so many years filming formulaic movies in Hollywood. It's well documented that his manager, Tom Parker, wanted Elvis to sing an hour of Christmas songs and then say thank you and good night. The director of the special, Steve Binder, knew that if Elvis did that, his career would be over and he presented Elvis with a completely different format. Elvis resisted pressure from his manager not to go along with Steve's plan, but thankfully this was one of the rare occasions he defied Tom Parker, and as we now know, the special was a resounding success, and is referred to by some as the Comeback Special. Memphis Sound Recordings, 1969 As most of us know, by the time of the 1968 NBC TV special, Elvis hadn't had a hit record for quite some time. Due to the success of the show, Elvis was riding high on the crest of a wave. In January 1969, he was scheduled to record new material at Studio B in Nashville. However, friend and former Memphis Mafia member, Marty Lacker, persuaded Elvis to use Chips Moman's American Sound Studio in Memphis. The two sessions, one in January and one in February, were a great success, producing hits such as 
In the Ghetto, Suspicious Minds, and Don't Cry Daddy, and of course the superb From Elvis in Memphis album. These sessions were another occasion when Elvis went against the wishes of his manager, who wanted his artist to record the songs that he'd vetted prior to the sessions being booked in Nashville. Parker is alleged to have said to his assistant, Tom Diskin, let him go ahead and record in Memphis if he wants to, and let him fall on his ass. Las Vegas Following the success of both the TV special and the Memphis sessions, Elvis requested his manager to find a venue for him to appear live again after not doing any personal appearances in eight years. The last time he appeared live in concert was on March 25, 1961, at the Block Arena, Honolulu. The concert raised over $62,000 towards the USS Arizona Memorial Building. After Elvis's triumphant return to the stage at the International Hotel Las Vegas on July 31, 1969, a contract was drawn up between Elvis and the hotel by Tom Parker. It stipulated that Elvis, for a period of five years from 1970 through to 1974, would appear two times a year for ten engagements and each engagement being 29 days in duration. There would be two appearances per night, a dinner show at 8pm and a midnight show. For each engagement, Elvis would be paid $500,000. Elvis, Tom Parker and President of the International Hotel, Alex Shufi, signed the contract on August 4th, 1969. Divorce After knowing each other for 14 years, with five of those being a married couple, Elvis filed for divorce on August 15, 1972. The divorce documents stated, Unfortunate circumstances and unhappy differences have arisen between the parties, by reason of which they have lived separate and apart since February 23, 1972, and by reason of which they intend to dissolve their marriage. The divorce was finalised on October 9, 1973, at the Los Angeles County Superior Court in Santa Monica. So there you go. There's my list of biggest life-changing events in Elvis's life. I want you to leave your opinions of what you think was the biggest life-changing event in his life. I'm going to tell you now that I think it was him walking into Sun Studios in 1953. Uh, a lot of people might think it was leaving Tupelo in 1948, his mother's death. But I'd be very, very interested to hear your opinion. And as I say, leave your comments in the section below. Uh, also, if you want to support this channel uh, and you appreciate everything I'm doing to try and keep Elvis's legacy alive, there's a link below for buying me a coffee or two so you can show your appreciation that way. You can also subscribe and click the little bell so that you're notified every time I upload new videos. Until next time, please take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time.